0: Today I'm going to start a a three-part series to kind of just close out the summer with. And we're calling this series Immortal. Now, the word immortal simply means eternal. Eternal. And I want you to know as we begin this series, that is what you are. You are immortal. You are eternal. Of course, one day your body will get sick, your body will wear out, and one day you will die. But your spirit, the real you, will live and last for eternity. And all of God's followers said, amen. Your spirit is immortal. Your spirit is eternal. So what will happen after you die? Well, you will open your eyes in one of two eternal places, heaven or hell. So this weekend, God has put it on my heart to make sure that you know the biblical truths about heaven and hell. The only two places that are eternal. The only two places where you can spend eternity. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 in your Bible or on the screen. The Bible says our bodies are like tents that we live in here on earth. But when these tents are destroyed, we know that God will give each of us a place to live. These homes will not be buildings that someone else has made, but they are in heaven and will last forever. Our tents... Will not last Our bodies will not last But we will last And God has prepared two places Heaven and hell For all to live and last Forever and ever In this series we're going to look at both heaven And hell, the biblical truths about those places Both of those But today I'm going to focus On the place called hell And so if you came for a positive message You're saying, Pastor, what's up with this? But I guarantee you, it will be positive. First, let's look at the five key truths about you and me that are in the Bible. And then I'm going to focus on three questions about hell. First of all, write this down. First key truth, God made you to love you. He made you to love you. And he made you because he loves you. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting, or we could say eternal love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. God loves you and he is right now trying to draw you into a relationship with him for all eternity. If you've not yet come to him, he's still drawing you. And he's doing that with unfailing kindness. Oh man, how many of us have been shown the unfailing kindness of God already in our lives? Amen. We failed him again and again and again. And and he just keeps giving mercy and grace and mercy and grace. And then forgiveness on top of that. God is drawing us into a relationship with him for all eternity. Truth number two, God made you to last forever. Someday your eyes will close. One day your heart will stop. And that will be the end of your body. But listen, that will not be the end of you. Amen? Amen? The real you. That's not the end of you. The Bible says you were created in the image of God and God is eternal. That means that the eternal God built into your heart the desire to live forever. And then a spirit he gave you that could live forever for all eternity. The Bible says he, God, has planted eternity in the human heart. God has made you to last forever. And you know, I have watched as a pastor... Person after person take their last breath and go into eternity, gone to the hospitals, been there with them, been in their home as they've passed from this life. And it's always been amazing to me that no matter, even Christians, no matter, they know where they're going. They know their their life is secure in the hands of God. Even though they know their body can last no more, there's no more medical thing that can be done. Even though they know all of those things, they fight and fight and fight to stay alive. Even they said all of their goodbyes to all of their precious ones. And they're still fighting and fighting to stay alive. And that's because God has built within us eternity. He's built us to live forever. Third truth. God made two eternal places. There's a real place called heaven and there's a real place called hell. And the Bible tells us that the place that God followers have been given by God is this place called heaven. And Jesus said this as he ascended into heaven to be at the right hand of the Father. He said to his people, I am going there to heaven to prepare a place for you. God made heaven for his followers. And it's not just a state of mind. It's an actual place. And so what is Jesus doing there for you and me and all who follow him? He says, I am preparing a place for you. This is an eternal place. It's in my house and it's called heaven. Jesus says this in the Bible. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Where is he? He's at the right hand of God, the father. He's in this place called heaven. And he says, I'm coming and I'm going to take you to be right there with me. And all of God's people said. Amen. The first first crowd was smaller but louder than you. Amen? Amen? Amen. So Jesus has created this real place for his followers in heaven. But listen, we need to understand this morning that God has also created a real place called hell. And one day Jesus is going to have to say to some people who really want to be in heaven, but there are people on his left, people who never accepted him as Lord and Savior He's going to have to say to them on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. The devil, if you go back and read the scripture and his angels rebelled against God. So God created a place called hell where they will spend eternity. Now, you need to understand that hell was never intended for you and me. Never intended for human beings. And I want you to understand that God created heaven for his people and hell for the devil and his angels. But people who choose to keep rebelling and rebelling against God will go where the devil goes, and that is to hell. People who choose to keep neglecting God and rejecting God's offer of life and forgiveness will spend eternity in hell with the devil and his angels. So we need to understand there's a real place called heaven to reward God's followers. But there's a real place called hell to punish the devil's followers. Next truth, God lets you then choose your eternal home. Some people like to say, well, God will send this person to hell and this person to heaven. That is not true. It's your choice. It's the same choice that God gave to the people of Israel. The scripture says this, God says, today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. God goes on and says, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways. Then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you. But if your heart turns away, and you are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, you shall surely perish. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. Folks, it is your choice. Heaven is your choice, or hell is your choice. It's up to you. You can choose. Now, I want you to imagine something with me this morning. Suppose you are addicted to a drug. You're addicted to drugs. And because of your addiction, you are now living on skid row. You've now lost everything. You're now lying on the street. You're a filthy, stinking mess. But one day I see you lying there, and I I come along, and I I, I say to you, I'm going to take you home. I'm going to give you a bath. I'm going to give you some new clothes. But you know what? That's not all that I'm going to do for you. I'm going to let you live in my house. I'm going to let you be a part of my family. In fact, I'm going to adopt you. In fact, I'm going to give you my name, the Hall name. And beyond that, I'm going to give you my ATM card. And I'm going to give you access to all of my resources. I'm going to pay off all of your debts. But there's just one thing. If you want to live in my house, if you want access to all of my resources, if, if you want to be a part of my family, there's just one house rule. Don't do drugs in my house. Now, is it reasonable for me to expect him, if he wants to live in my house and have access to all my resources, is it reasonable for me to expect him to live by that one rule? Yeah. Yeah. Now, if he wants to live there, he's got to live by that rule. Now, what if I said, come live at my house? But he said, no, thank you. I'd rather stay on the street. You see, I so love my drugs. So the question becomes, if he missed the place that I offered him, would that be my fault? No. It would be his fault. I offered him this great gift But he chose to not take it. So let's apply that same logic to going to heaven. Lots of people say, how could a loving God ever send people to hell? But the truth is, God doesn't send people to hell. People choose to go there. If you want to go to hell, just stick with whatever you love more than God. Just stick living by your own rules and doing your own thing. But listen, if you say no thank you to God's offer and you end up in hell, it's not God's fault. He didn't send you there. You chose to reject his offer and to go there. Now, does God have the right to make up rules for his house? And all God's people said, yeah. (laughs) It's his house. He has the right to say, if you want to live in the place I prepared for you, the place called heaven... This is the rule, and this is how you get there. He makes the offer. You make the choice. Next truth, God gives no second chance after death. And you say, well, if he's a loving God, wouldn't he want to give all of us a second chance? How many second chances has God ever given us? Amen? (laughs) Already, chance after chance after chance. But after you die, there's no more chances. You get to choose where you're going to spend eternity, but you've got to make that choice now. No choosing after you die. The house you choose now is the place you will live for eternity. After you die, it's not like you get to go house shopping. It's not like you get to choose a realtor and take you to see some houses. And saying, oh, Uh, realtor, I I can't live here. This house is kind of hot and stuffy. I'll take the other one. It's not going to work that way. The truth is there are only two eternal places. So listen really, really close, folks. This is not a good weekend to take a nap. Amen? Listen really close. Where you will live for eternity is at stake this morning. And so I encourage you to listen as if your life depends on it, because it does. Next week, I'm going to talk about heaven. But right now, I want to answer three questions about hell. The first one is, write it down. Why does hell exist? Why does it even exist? Beyond being a place that God created for the devil and his angels, there are two other reasons. First reason is this. It exists because sin and evil exist. Our world, as you know, is filled with sin. And our sinful desires, our sinful actions leave a trail of broken relationships, broken promises, rape, abuse, adultery, murder, child molestation, all kinds of evil like terrorism and people strapping bonds to themselves and killing innocent bystanders. The world today is filled with sin and evil. And the Bible says, the Lord observed the extent of people's wickedness. He saw that all their thoughts were consistently and totally evil. And he, God, was sorry that he had ever made them. And it broke his heart. That scripture was written about Noah's day. God looked at the world in Noah's day and God said, they've made a mess of everything. Look at how they're treating each other. Look at how they're hurting each other. And the Bible says it broke his heart. But folks, I believe today, as God looks at the world, he feels the very same. He sees the sin and the evil that exists, and it breaks his heart. He sees the way that many of us live and the way we treat other people, and it breaks his heart. So we take God's gift of a free will. The gift of choice that he's given us. And many of us go out and choose to do wrong things week after week. We choose to sin and we choose to live in evil instead of good. Now God could easily take away all the sin and all the evil in the world. He could do that just instantly. All he has to do is take away our free will and make us into puppets. But he gave you a free will so that you could choose to love him. Because he wants you to choose to love him, not be forced to love him. So God gave us all the choice. And so you don't have to love God. You don't have to trust God. You don't have to obey God. You don't have to serve God and follow his ways. You don't have to fulfill the purpose for which he created you. You can choose to go your own way and you can do your own thing. And why did God do that? Because he wants a family that chooses to love him, who chooses to do right. A family that wants to live with him forever, that does the right things. But that's not possible unless we're allowed to choose to do the wrong things. But you need to understand fully this morning that God does not allow sin and evil into his heaven. Heaven is a perfect place. The Bible says there is nothing sinful there. The Bible teaches that only perfect people get to go there. So you see, if God let imperfect, sinful, and evil people into heaven, then heaven would be just like planet Earth. Amen? It wouldn't be heaven anymore. And I don't want to go to a heaven where Hitler can do his thing. I don't want to go to a heaven where a rapist and a murderer can can, can do their things. No, I want a heaven, and I want to live in a heaven that's perfect, That the Bible describes where there is no more sin and evil and death and sickness and sorrow. Amen? Amen. But that's a problem because I'm not perfect. And I'm guessing neither are you. Amen? (laughs) Not one of us. The Bible says this, Lord, who may enter your holy tent? And, And the words holy tent there means his presence. Lord, who may live on your holy mountain? And here's a condition of those who can only those who are completely blameless and innocent and those who always do what is right. I don't know about you, but I don't fit that criteria. I'm not completely blameless. I'm not completely innocent. Just ask Shirley. <laughs> I don't always do what's Right. So I've got a problem. I don't measure up to God's criteria for those who get to live in his holy heaven. So there has to be a place for people who sin and do evil to go for all eternity. And if I'm made to last forever and if I'm not perfect, I've got to go to another place than heaven. So why does hell exist? Because there is sin and evil And if we aren't God's people and we're not following God, we've got to have a place to go. Next, there is a hell because God is holy and God is just. Now, he's holy. That means he's always perfect. He's just. That means he's always doing what is right. Now, when I look at the world, I can see things aren't perfect. They're not right. I see people do bad things and they get away with it. I see people do good things and they don't get rewarded for it. But the Bible says that one day God is going to balance the books. God is going to bring justice to this world. He's going to right every wrong. He's going to settle the score. Solomon talks about these kind of things. He says, I thought about the things that are done in the world a world where some people have power and others have to suffer under them. I've seen the wicked buried in their graves, but on the way back from the cemetery, people praise them in the very city where they did their evil. He says, why do people commit crimes so readily? Because crime is not punished quickly enough. A sinner may commit a hundred crimes and still live. That's just not right. And Solomon's right. It's not right. But one day, God says, I'm coming back, and I'm going to make things right, and I'm going to settle the score. In fact, look at what the word of God says. The Lord is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. The Bible says, God will do what is right. God is a righteous God, and he will bring suffering on those who make you suffer. And all God's people said, "Amen." amen. And he'll give relief to you who suffer as well. The Bible says he will do this when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven to punish those who reject God and who do not obey the good news about our Lord Jesus. They will suffer the punishment. Here it is of eternal destruction, separated from the presence of the Lord. Look at that last phrase, separated from the presence of the Lord. That is the number one characteristic of hell. People don't realize how bad that is. To be separated from the presence of the Lord. Because we still have the presence of God with us here today. Here on earth, even if you reject God, he still shows you grace. His unfailing love and his unfailing kindness is trying to draw every one of us to him. And so he still shows you grace. You can ignore God and still get blessings from God. He still gives you air to breathe. He still gives you water to drink. He still gives you the warmth of the day and the coolness of the night. Everything you have in your life is a blessing from God. Even people who do not yet know him experience blessings from God every single day. So we really don't know what it means to be separated from the blessings of God and the presence of God. But folks, a day is coming when God Almighty is coming to settle the score And you may be thinking, that's great, all those sinful, evil people who hurt me, go get them, God. (laughs) But there's a problem. You're involved, too. You've sinned and done sinful things, too. And the Bible says we will all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or the evil that we have done in our bodies. So why does hell exist? Because sin and evil exist, and those folks have to have a place to go. Because God is holy, His heaven is holy, they can't live in heaven, He's just, and those folks can't live in heaven. Next, write this down, but what is hell really like? What is hell going to be like? This is hard to explain because we don't have any human experience that comes even close to describing what hell is like. To explain it but the bible describes it as a place of torment look at this the bible says but the ones who should have been in the kingdom the ones who said god god i did this 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 let me in but they never accepted jesus as lord and savior they said he, they're going to be on his left the ones that should have been on the kingdom will be thrown out into the dark they will cry and grit their teeth in pain Now, to me, that alone sounds bad enough. But do you know what the worst part of hell is? It is total separation from God. It means you'll be completely separated from God's love and God's grace, separated from everything that God is. The Bible says, if anyone does not love the Lord, let him be separated from God, lost forever. What is hell like? It is this total separation from God. It's opposite of everything that God is. So hang with me. What is hell like? Well, God is love. So there's no love in hell. There'll be no relationships that we enjoy today. There'll be no affection. There will be no kindness. God is light. So there is no light there. Hell is completely dark. God is good, so there's no goodness there. Hell is a prison for everything horrific. Everything that you could ever dream up or imagine as the most horrific thing or seen in your mind. It's far beyond that. Hell is a prison for the horrific. God is full of grace. So there is no grace there. Hell is only a place of punishment. You know, one of the big myths that I hear all the time about hell is that, you know, I don't, I don't care if I go to hell. I'm just going to hang out with my friends. It's going to be a big party for all the party people who like to party. But friends, there are no parties in hell. You know why? Because everyone is in too much pain to party. Too much pain to party. And you can try to party, but how can you party when you can't see anybody? It's complete darkness. How can you party when there's nothing to drink? Scripture says thirst will never be quenched. And even if you could somehow party, how would you want to party if you can't protect yourself in the darkness from the rapists and the murderers and all kinds of things? Another myth about hell is this. In hell, the devil will be in charge. No, that's not true. The devil will be in hell, but he'll be there to be punished, not in charge. Friends, I am telling you that you do not want to choose hell. But if you have rejected God's offer through Jesus Christ, when you die, you will be transported directly to hell by the angels of god if you go to the book of luke and you read the stories that jesus told about a man named lazarus or the rich man you will learn that once you are in hell you are both homesick and heartsick you are homesick because you can never again go and return to the relationships that you left behind And you are heartsick because you cannot speak with them. And you cannot warn them to not come to this place where you are. You are homesick and you are heart sick. If you read those stories you will find that hell is a place. Filled with sounds of crying and screaming. And the gritting of teeth due to the pain inflicted upon those. Who are there for their lives of sin and evil and rebellion against God. And those intense sounds understand me. All of those intense sounds never stop. The pain is eternal. The sounds are eternal. If you read those stories, you will find that hell is a place where thirst never ends because it is never quenched. It's a place where the heat from the fire is never reduced and never relieved. It's a place where sleep never comes. Hell is a place where there is no exit, there is no way out, there is no other option ever. That is hell. All of these things never end. And what God put on my heart to share with us this morning is this. What you experience on your first night in hell is what you will experience every minute of eternity. And it breaks my heart to know that there's probably some in this room right now who are headed to hell. And so I want you to know what you can expect when you die. When you die, you will open your eyes in heaven or hell. When you die, you will be transported to either heaven or hell by the angels of God. And once again, the choice is there. And it's yours. Have you ever wondered why the Bible says that the angels rejoice and celebrate when one sinner repents and turns from their sin and turns to God? you ever wondered why they celebrate? They're they're angels. They're with God. Why would they celebrate over one of us that just gives their life to God? It's because they have transported people to hell. They have seen hell. They know what hell is like. And so when someone repents of their sin and chooses to follow Jesus, they celebrate. They live in heaven and they know what you will experience in heaven. And so they celebrate. And so I hope after today, you will never again say to anybody, go to hell. I hope after today, no matter how much someone has hurt you, that you will know deep in your heart that you don't want anybody to spend life eternal in hell. I hope that never again after a day that you will ever again joke about hell because it's no joke. Why does hell exist? Because sin and evil exist and because God is holy and just. What is hell like? It's total separation from all that God is and it's opposite of everything that is good about God. So here's the last point. Write this down. So how do you avoid hell? How do you know That you are right with God. And how can you avoid hell? The Bible clearly tells you how to avoid hell and gain heaven. The Bible says this. I write this to you who believe or trust in the name of the Son of God so that you may know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have life. Yes, eternal life. Look at that word no. God doesn't want you guessing as you go through life. Am I going to be with God? Am I going to be in heaven? He doesn't want you guessing. He wants you to know that you know that you know. You can go through life, yield it to God, and you can know that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. You can know where you're going to live when you die. And you need to know where your eternal home will be because the mortality rate for humans, I understand, is 100%. Amen? (laughs) Every one of us is going to die And so you need to settle this issue today. And when we finish today, we're going to pray a prayer that I want everybody to pray. So everybody knows for sure that they're going to heaven. Some of you have already done that and and you're living and walking with God. And you know for sure if you were to take your last breath today that you would be living in heaven with God. But some of you are not so sure. And some of you have never made that decision. God has already done his part to make heaven a possibility for your eternal home. And today is the time for you to do your part to make heaven your eternal home. And your part is simply inviting Jesus Christ to come into your life and be your Savior and your Lord. Jesus alone is your ticket to heaven. Not all the homeless people you fed, although God tells us to do that. Not only the hungry people that you've helped. Not all the times you've been in church and not all the times that you've read the Bible from cover to cover. Although God tells us to do all that stuff and it's all good and right. Jesus alone is your ticket. God doesn't want anybody standing at the doors of heaven saying, I should get in because I've done this. Look at me. Look at the, me, God. This is how I got in. Uh-uh. It's because you have come to jesus christ the bible says this god has given us eternal life and this life is in his son he who has the son has life he who does not have the son of god does not have life that's about as clear as you can get god came up with a plan to make it possible for we imperfect people to live in his perfect heaven And God's plan called for someone who was perfect to die to pay for our sins. So Jesus, the only perfect one who has ever lived, chose to take the punishment required for the sins of the world. And he took your punishment. He took my punishment. He paid the price that we owed for our sins, the debt that we could never pay. And he paid it with his blood on the cross. And he says, all who believe in me, all who put their trust in me to save them from hell will be saved. What Jesus did by dying on the cross solved your problem and my problem. Amen. The Bible says at one time you were separated from God. You were his enemies in your minds. And the evil things you did were against God. But now God has made you his friends again. He did this through Christ's death in the body so that he might bring you into God's presence in heaven as people who are now holy, not by our efforts, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. We've been washed clean and people with no wrong and nothing of which God can judge you guilty. The Bible goes on and says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish in hell, but have everlasting life in heaven. Amen. He paid for your sins. And he is the only ticket to heaven. So how do you invite him into your life so you can be forgiven from your sin? So that you can make heaven your eternal home. Listen close because your life depends on this. Four things you do. Write this down. First of all, you admit that you need Jesus to save you. You humbly say, God, I've done a lot of good things. But God says good things don't matter. Lists don't matter. He wants you to come not boasting and not full of pride. The Bible says God is opposed to the proud. But you go and you admit, Jesus, I am not perfect. I I am not holy. And unless you save me and pay for my sins, I will not go to heaven. I will go to hell. I admit that I need you to save me. Second thing you do, you believe that Jesus died to save you. You believe he died to pay for your sins and you trust in him to save you from the penalty that you deserve, which is hell. Third thing you do is you commit to follow Jesus. You choose to follow the ways of Jesus. You stop going your own way. You stop doing your own thing. You stop doing the world's things and you start doing the things that Jesus did. And you start obeying the word that Jesus has given to you in his word, the Bible. You commit to follow Jesus fourth thing you do you depend on god's promise god made an awesome promise he says whoever believes in him jesus should not perish but have everlasting eternal life how can you avoid hell and gain heaven jesus i admit that i need you to save me i believe in you and i put my trust in your death on the cross to wash away all of my sins to pay the price for my sins Lord Jesus, I commit to follow you and I depend on God's promise that that whoever has the Son has the life. Folks, I want you to understand today, you are immortal. When you close your eyes, when your heart stops beating, when you take your last breath, you don't just go in the ground and you're done. That's not true. You are immortal. You are going to live, and your spirit will live in one of two places. The question is, where do you want to live forever? You see, it's your choice. And if you want to avoid hell and gain heaven, you can do those four things by praying a prayer with me as we close today. And I encourage every one of you to pray along this prayer, maybe to renew your commitment to Christ. But you can leave this place knowing that you know for sure that you are going to heaven. If you pray this prayer and you mean it, if you humbly surrender to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can leave this place, get hit by a car, die today, take your last breath, and you'll end up being transported right to heaven. Amen? Amen? That is the truth of the Word of God. And so I invite you to bow your heads and pray with me. As I pray this prayer, would you repeat it in your heart silently, but humbly and sincerely? To God the Father, would you say, Father, I admit that I need a Savior. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I believe in my heart that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins. Lord Jesus, I commit to follow you. And I depend on your promise. That all who put their trust in you will avoid hell and gain entrance into heaven. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. And best that I know how, I will live for you. With your head still bowed, I want you to listen to one more scripture. Jesus says, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. If you just prayed this prayer and meant it in your heart, you asked Jesus to come into your life just now, I'm going to ask you to acknowledge Jesus to me to God, to our staff, that you are now a follower of Jesus by simply lifting your hand. Would you acknowledge that right now? Just lift your hand wherever you are. Amen. Amen. Put them up high. Amen. Father, you see these hands. And Jesus right now is saying, Father, this one, this one, And this one right now, they belong to me. They belong to our family. Prepare a place in heaven. Father, I thank you for this truth. Give each person who prayed this prayer just an overwhelming sense of your presence in their life and that they are loved by Almighty God. And all of God's people said, Amen.